Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We all want to be liked. And even better, to be well-liked. To be esteemed, to be respected, to be a part of something. To be otherwise is probably to be a sociopath or something, right? We all, we all want to be liked, to have friends. And because of this, we often, we don't want to rock the boat. We want peace. We don't like or desire conflict. If we probably liked or desired conflict again, we'd probably be a sociopath, right? The reality is, as Christians... As we point to the truth of the kingdom, the truth of God, just by pointing to the truth, there's an exposure of man's heart, our own hearts, but as we point to it, those who hear us, those who see us. And often man's heart is not predisposed to exposure, to vulnerability, to the possibility of culpability because the truth of the kingdom of God is weighty, has a lot of attachments to it. It calls something forth. It's not just information, but it is the revelation of the entirety of our existence. Jesus today, as we're told in the gospel, went about all the cities and villages, teaching, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He heals two blind men and a demon-possessed man, and the, the crowds marvel. But what do the Pharisees say? He casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. Seems like Jesus can't please everybody. Seems like Jesus uh, in just witnessing healing people, talking about the truth of the kingdom and healing people. There is the side chatter. There is, in fact, the opposite of what the kingdom is all about. The accusation of not the truth of the kingdom, but the kingdom of Satan, because he doesn't cast out demons by the power of God, but by Satan. Paul tells us in the epistle this morning that those who are strong ought to bear with the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us, Paul tells us, please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. Paul, in fleshing out what the kingdom means for us as followers of Jesus Christ, tells us very plainly, we are not to please ourselves, and in fact, we're supposed to not just deny ourselves, but go out of ourselves to please, to serve, to help our neighbor. Now, this isn't just a blanket statement of go forth and do nice things. This is, let each of us please his neighbor for his good. This is a little bit more than be nice. 
In fact, if you look through scripture, I, I don't think there's a place where scripture tells us, be nice. It's good to be nice. I'm not saying don't be nice. But that is not an actual element of the kingdom, of just being nice. We've all been around the syrupy, sweet niceness. Which then, as soon as you turn around, you realize, oh, there's a knife in my back. I didn't realize. Because the niceness is just a cover. We are to do good for our neighbor for his good. It's even qualified further by Paul. Leading to edification. So is Paul talking about here... uh, He's talking about all sorts of things. He's talking about helping people move, giving them a cup of cold water. He is talking about all of these, but there's just a step above that. For his good leading to edification. Because those who are of the kingdom are always going to be pointing to the truth of the kingdom and of God. Christ is going to be on their lips They're going to be actively communicating, talking about, referencing God. I'm sure many of us grew up, it was common parlance, common ways of talking. Thank God, Lord willing, all of these little things that in some ways we can kind of look down upon like, oh, that was quaint, that was just said, just as what you said. But there is something powerful in those little phrases that reflected an entire world that is dissolving that should be something that is on our lips thank god right lord willing and maybe the crick don't rise right the all of these aspects of what we do when we help others that we are pointing to the kingdom there's a temptation in serving others that what we're actually doing is pleasing ourselves. Paul tells us not to please ourselves, but to please his neighbor for his good leading to edification. We have a temptation to please others, not in the sense of serve them, but want to placate them, want to make sure that everything is all right, to appease, to make nice. A lot of this is because we secretly, we want to please ourselves. We want to make sure that people like us. So in many ways, that means... We reject the good, that which is edifying, because we just want things to just be. I don't want someone to think, oh, he's that kind of Christian. He actually believes things that the scriptures teach. Oh, he's that kind of person who talks about God. That makes me uncomfortable. This temptation to please is because... At the end of the day, we do not want to be rejected like Christ was rejected. We want to be liked despite the kingdom. We want to be accepted despite our Lord. And this is why Paul immediately, what's the next verse? For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. What did Christ do in freeing the two blind men from the curse of not being able to see. What did Christ do in releasing the demon-possessed man? Why in the world would the Pharisees see this and say, that's demonic? Well, in the world, the values are 
flipped upside down, or you could just say the other way. The kingdom tells us that things that the world accepts are not what the kingdom of God accepts. Christ did not please himself. We see this throughout the Gospels. As he goes throughout the cities, villages, as he stands before Pilate, as he is beaten, as he goes to that cross, he did all of this for you and I, for our good, leading to our edification. Because as the Gospels plainly tell us, the darkness did not understand the light. As followers of Christ, as we seek to serve and please our neighbor for the good and for their edification, you can expect slander, gossip, rejection, betrayal. If you're following Christ, you can expect everything that occurred to Christ. Why does the church put before us martyrs almost every single day? Because they followed the example of Christ. Paul continues, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The Old Testament scriptures, and I'm probably never going to stop beating this drum, read scriptures. The scriptures tell you over and over again, and it's my incessant plea, you have to read scripture. Paul tells us it is scripture itself that provides the patience and comfort of God. That we might have hope. How in the world could we please our neighbor to his good and to his edification with the possibility of being told that we're doing things according to demons or that we're doing things we're not being loving, we're not doing the things that we're supposed to do in the world? We have to look at the history of Israel. We have to look at the prophets. We have to look at the poor ones of God. And what happened throughout Scripture? throughout the entire history of Israel. Well, Hebrews tells us, right? The book of Hebrews. They're sawn in half. (laughs) They're rejected. They are put through privations. They live in the desert. They go about as if they have no home. How is this patience and comfort? (laughs) How is this good news? How does this provide hope? Because if we read the testimony of the saints, especially the history of Israel and God's holy ones, We see that God's beloved wait upon the Lord, that his timing is not our timing, and that he provides comfort, because this world cannot provide true everlasting comfort. And if we look to the saints, to those holy ones, we see their patience in waiting upon the Lord. We see the comfort that they receive from God. All of this is so that we might hope. And our hope dims. Our patience goes kaput. Our comfort just feels like pain and exhaustion if we are not putting before ourselves from the scripture the story of the saints, of those who have been patient, those who have been comforted by God, who maintained and grew their hope. Paul ends with a prayer for us. 
Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The God of patience and of comfort. This is the God that we see in our Lord. Who is the Pharisees throughout the Gospels. You're doing things according to the power of Satan. He continues patiently as he stands before Pontius Pilate. As he stood before even the rejection and betrayal of his apostles. The patience that he had. Because he looked to his God, the Father, for comfort. That his Father was to grant the comfort, even though he hung upon a cross. That we may be like-minded, that we do not please ourselves, but we please our neighbor to their good, to their edification, pointing always to the good. This is what provides our unity in Christ. That we patiently, with one mind, because we all put on the mind of Christ, that we imitate Christ, that we are able to accept those who are weak, that we're able to encourage those who are strong. Brothers and sisters, let us patiently await the comfort of Christ as we speak the truth in love. Serving our neighbors at every opportunity, not pleasing ourselves, not seeking to please ourselves by trying to please others, but seeking always to help others to their good, to the glory of God. And all of this, let us seek the unity that only comes to us in Christ, so that we may bring others into the mind of Christ, so that our hearts and mouths will be ready always to give glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and His all-Holy Spirit. Amen.